Good morning, everyone, and welcome to First Things First. I'm Jenna Wolf alongside Nick Wright, Kevin Wild, Brian Westbrook is with us this morning. We got Robert Griffin III, RG3, is going to stop by. Love the Sharpies, Wilds. Hey, RG3 recently said he thinks he could still be a starter in this league. We're going to ask him about that. And Jeff Okuda. Ohio State cornerback on the eve of his drafts. We will ask him a lot about what's going through his head, but we got to start with the most popular tight end in the NFL, Rob Gronkowski. It is official. The Patriots have agreed to trade Gronk and a seventh-round pick to the Bucks in exchange for a fourth-rounder. Nick, you called this. You were all over it. You think this move now makes the Bucks Super Bowl contenders? Oh, no, no, of course not. But this is awesome. This is so exciting. <laughs> this is so much fun. The league is better with Rob Gronkowski in it. And by the way, we don't even know how unleashed Gronk is going to be. We saw Gronk making inappropriate jokes and throwing parties and doing motocross when he was in the cocoon of Belichick. Now he's in, win or lose, we booze, no risk it, or no, no biscuit, no risk it, no risk it, no biscuit, pardon me, Bruce Arians, down on the beach in Tampa. We're going to get to see, with warm weather Tom, Gronk being Gronk, I'm super excited for it. Now, how good will the Bucks be? I don't know. They've got the best group of pass catchers in the entire conference, and we are going to get something that... We sometimes get in sports, but it's a little rare, which is a true incubator to find out, almost like a chemistry experiment, to do a real test. How, oh. good, how good is Brady right now? Because he could not be under better circumstances. He's got Mike Evans, maybe the most physically gifted receiver in the league. Rob Gronkowski, his old security blanket, who on a per-game basis is the best tight end the league has ever seen. Chris Godwin coming off a monster year First-round pick, O.J. Howard, is the other tight end. A great offensive coordinator, excellent offensive-minded head coach. And now the question is, do the Bucks have a quarterback? I have my doubts about that, but there is going to be no okay. asterisk. There's going to be no, oh, well, Brady didn't have enough help. We're going to get to find out, Wilds. If he's the guy, Wilds, you think he is, then the Bucks' offense should be top five in football. No questions asked, and Gronk just makes it that much more fun. Yeah, have you ever had a day where you wake up and you're halfway through the day or it's in the morning and you're like, wow, I got a bad headache and I am in a bad mood and I have just a pessimistic view of the entire world. And you're like, oh, did I have coffee today? Like, that's what it is. It's not all these things. I'm just not my normal self because <laughs> I've missed the one thing that makes me normal. That's Gronk and Brady. Look at the stats with and without uh, Brady's performance with and without Gronk. They're mind-blowing. Completion percentage, 65%. Without Gronk, 60. Yards per game, 292. Without, 265. Touchdown and reception, 4-1, 2-5. Pass rating, 103-87. He's going to be great with Gronk back, and it wasn't the age, and it wasn't the rookies, and it wasn't being tired of Bill Belichick. It was just that he didn't have Gronk. I think he's going to have a great season, Jenna. But, Brian, we're talking so much about what Brady gets what does Gronk really have to offer? Gronk missed an entire season. The last time he did play, that last season, three touchdowns, the fewest in his career. I wonder how much Gronk can really add. I know that he is 
Brady's security blanket, if you will. But how much better does he make the Bucs with him and Brady together? Well, I think before Gronk retired, and I'm not talking about his last season in New England, he was an ultimate mismatch. He was a guy that you could put him against a safety linebacker, cornerback, and he was going to find a way to get open, and he was going to find a way to win the route. And, of course, Brady was going to find him on that route. Now, the big question here, just to your point, is that the last we saw of Rob Gronkowski, he was limping. He wasn't moving very well. He couldn't get down the field. And now having that year off, I think, has rejuvenated him just a little bit. Those injuries have healed just a bit. And now he's also in a situation in Tampa Bay that he doesn't have the restrictions. And I don't know that he's ever lived with restrictions anyway, but there were some restrictions in New England with everyone. And I think Tom felt it. I think Rob Gronkowski felt it. And now he's down in Tampa Bay. Feels much better. It's warmer. To me, I think you get a much better player down there. Also a guy that you're not going to be asked to win every single game with. You still have Chris Goblin, like Nick mentioned. You have uh, Mike Evans. You have Ronald Jones. You have other tight ends. Rob Gronkowski is not going to be asked to go get 10, 15 touchdowns. He's going to be asked to be that guy on third down to go down and win a five-yard route. Can he beat a linebacker? Can he beat a safety? And that's the guy that Tom Brady needs, that security blanket. There's nothing like going to a new organization but bringing your best friend, your security blanket with you. That's the same thing that Tom Brady has now in Tampa. To me, this is a match made in heaven for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Hey, Wilds, you think you're going to see a little bit of vintage Gronk? Are you concerned at all that maybe he's lost a step, having spent a year WWEing for the last couple months? No, Jenna, I'm going to go the other way. I think he'll be better than ever. I think we're going to get like 24-year-old Gronk. He's had plenty of time off. He's said he felt great. He said he's putting back on weight. I think he's going to be amazing. Nick, I have a question for you. We heard when Brady signed with Tampa Bay that free agents wanted to get to Tampa Bay. Now, this was the first domino that fell. Where on your scale on 1 to 10, 10 being definitely, 1 being no way, do you think Antonio Brown is back in this conversation? Oh, I, I think it's no way. I, Bruce Arians, to me, no way. nipped that in the bud already. And they don't. They, there's only there's there's only so many footballs to go around. In fact, there's only one. But Brady is set up perfectly without AB. You can run 12 personnel, two tight ends, OJ Howard, Rob Gronkowski as your bookends, and Brady can do his magic at the line of scrimmage. Oh. You're going to have a passing defense out there, all audible to a run, and will bloody your nose. Oh, you're going to put big people out there, all audible to a pass, and throw to Gronk or either Chris Godwin on a slant or Mike Evans going deep. Brady could not ask for a better setup. The question for the Bucks is this. Are they a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender? I think they are. Evidently, other people thought they were a tight end away from being a true Super Bowl contender. Now, I understand Jenna's concern about Gronk, but even in 2018, when he was injured, when he was beat up, when he was worn down mentally, in their two biggest games of the year, he was their best offensive player. Against my beloved Chiefs in the fourth quarter and overtime, he crushed us on third and tens to set up the game-winning touchdown. And in the Super Bowl, the only substantial offensive play of the game was a pass down the seam to Rob Gronkowski that set up the only touchdown of the game. So I, I, even if he is not 1,400 yard, I think it was 2013 season, just the greatest tight end season we've ever seen, that Gronk, 
he still can be awesome. And now we get to see. We get to see last year, was it about Brady or was it about the weapons? Because he now has as many weapons as any quarterback in the entire NFC, Jenna. All right, so then let's talk about this from the other angle. Brian, I'll throw it to you. What, what does this mean for, what does it say about Bill Belichick? What does it mean for the Patriots? Well, I think what it says about Bill Belichick is that the Patriot way, you're going to win a bunch of games, but it also is going to wear on you just a bit. And I think uh, after 20 years, it's worn on Tom Brady just a bit. After eight or nine years, it wore on uh, Rob Gronkowski. And to be honest with you, I think every great organization is going to push his players beyond the point that they're comfortable. And that's how you be successful, and that's how you hmm. win. And I think that's what Bill Belichick and the Patriot way was all about. Make these guys uncomfortable. Make them get in, and get the best out of each player. Now, while you're getting the best out of every player, you're putting them in a hard place, and it's hard to deal with year after year after year. And finally, after 20 years, Tom Brady kind of felt it was time to move on. But, I mean, I think he put a lot of pressure on other players. And we've seen other players leave for New England before their prime was up. We've seen other players leave for New England and say, listen, I just want to go somewhere where I can just relax and play football. I think there is a there there is a, a feeling around that organization that they will wear on you, but you're, you're still going to win a bunch of games. Nick, the Patriots angle? Yeah, I, this to me is as fascinating as the Gronk, as the Bucks angle, because what this means for Belichick, if Brady is awesome next year, or even if he's just very good, he doesn't have to be awesome, then Belichick is going to be skewered on the front end and the back end. It's not only just going to be that he let Tom Brady walk out the door when Brady wanted to stay and you ruined the opportunity to have Brady finish his career in New England, you ruined the opportunity to compete for a championship in 2020, people will retroactively blame him for the failures of 2019. If, if Brady is fantastic this year with these weapons, it won't just be about what the Patriots are missing out on moving forward. It will be about what the Patriots missed out on last season because people will say, well, look, Brady still got it. It was the weapons around him. Wilds, there's a commentary going on right now because of the Jordan doc about Jerry Krause shortchanging the Bulls potentially uh, out of another title run. Well, this would be as if in that final year, the last dance in 98, if he also already traded away Pippen and cut Rodman. It's like, Michael, you're on your own. That's what the narrative will turn into of what last season was for Brady, not even to mention what this season will be. That is, though, only assuming Brady plays well. If Wilds, with all these weapons, Brady looks the way I think he's going to look, then Belichick will look the way he actually is, which is the shrewdest coach in the history of the league, Wilds. Yeah, or, or it's just win-win, that Brady does well and Belichick does well, too. I think that's totally fine and probably the most likely scenario. Brian, I'm going to throw it to you because I thought what you said was fascinating. In your career, as you got older, did your mind, um, did your like outlook on the game change where maybe earlier in your career you were like, whatever it takes to win, and later on in your career you wanted to take a breath and maybe not have such a demanding environment? You know, so for me, I was always comfortable with Andy Reid. He never put too much pressure on you and things like that. But we won a, a bunch of games. 
I, I what I, my point was that that the great coaches usually push you to a point where you're uncomfortable. And, you know, the, 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 the greatest of those coaches are unrelenting. They're always saying, we want more, we want more, we want more. And I kind of put Bill Belichick in that category. He wants more from his players. And, and, and if you don't give him more, he's willing to get rid of you. We've seen him get rid of Richard Seymour, uh, Vince Wilford, different players that were playing well. Randy Moss coming off a good season. And, and if you can't give him what he wants, then he's going to find someone to replace you. That uncomfortable feeling certainly grinds on the player. You feel that every single year. So for me, as I got older in my career, I started seeing the writing on the wall. Then they draft LaShawn McCoy, and it was obvious, okay, you're not going to be here. You're injured. Uh, you're injury-prone these last couple of years, and they drafted someone else. You're not going to be here. So for the, the writing was on the wall for me. But I think with guys in New England, just that grind every single day being called out, every single day questioning how you fit with the coach, that grinds on the player. And I think Tom Brady, as well as Rob Gronkowski, kind of felt that, and as well as all the other players. And I'm just talking about those two because they are great in New England. They're Hall of Fame caliber players and two of the best players that they're, they're given position. Well, I, I want to respond quickly to what Brian said at the end there and what Wilde said, that it could be a win-win. I do not think this could be a win-win in any way, shape, or form. The two greatest New England Patriots in the history of their franchise both now play for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Ostensibly, they both would have liked to finish their careers in New England. So why didn't they? Well, Belichick tried to trade one of them to Detroit. The only reason he wasn't able to is because that one, Gronk, threatened to retire and then a year later did retire. The other one desperately wanted to finish his career in New England. As for a contract extension, three consecutive off-seasons, three consecutive off-seasons was told no, and so now they're both in Tampa. If those two end up having an awesome season while the Patriots quarterback-tight end combo is Stidham to Lacoste, there is no way that can be a win for the Patriots. It will be massive egg on the face of Bill Belichick, and it will be an indictment on the decisions he made. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Belichick was right in his estimation of where Brady is, and so I think that he's going to end up looking like the smartest man in the room again. But if I'm wrong, and Brady's great, and Gronk is the, catching red zone touchdowns, and the Patriots are figuring out, is it Stidham, is it Hoyer, is it Eason who we drafted in the second round, then that is an awful, awful look for, the, for Belichick. And to me, there's no way around that, Jenny. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not what your roommates, neighbors, or children are listening to. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market and that they sound just as amazing as other top audio brands you know. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. My own pair of Raycon earbuds are better and easier to use than anything else I've tried. They're comfortable and easy to set up and work seamlessly with my devices. 
Having a pair of wireless earbuds is a serious game changer for me. Raycon earbuds are stylish and discreet. No dangling wires or stems to distract anyone during video calls. You've heard me talk about how the company was founded by Ray J and celebrities like J.R. Smith, my guy. They are obsessed with Raycons. Pick up a pair and see what the hype's all about. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash FTF. That's buyraycon.com slash FTF for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash FTF. All right, guys, time now for a little drawing a blank. With Gronk reunited with Brady down in Tampa, our friends over at Fox Bet improved the Bucks Super Bowl odds from plus 1,600 to plus 1,200. They now have the fourth best odds to win the Lombardi Trophy. Nick, imagine what the odds will be when Edelman gets there. Uh, Nick, the Bucks Super Bowl odds jumping with Gronk. The Gronk trade is blank. Just mark my words, it's gonna happen. He's he's jealous somewhere right now. Well, Jenna, be careful now. Don't be speculating about Julian Edelman being in a trade. He's going to hop on the internet in the middle of the night and mock your hairline a week later. I'm just letting you know. But (laughs) the Bucks Super Bowl odds jumping to fourth is a sugar rush. It's fake. It's crazy. It makes no sense. You feel like you got all this energy, but then, of course, you come crashing down later because it wasn't real. The idea that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the fourth most likely team to win the Super Bowl in 2020 is utter insanity. They're not the favorites in their division. They're not one of the four favorites in their own conference, much less to win the whole Super Bowl. So I get it. All of a sudden, oh my God, Brady, Gronk, all they need is a time machine and they'll be the best team in the league. They don't have the time machine yet. So I'm going to say it's a sugar rush. Brian Westbrook. You know, I love the time machine uh, comment, but I think it's logical. I think people literally want to believe that Tom Brady can rescue any team. And when you put him on a team that has Mike Evans, a big time weapon down the field, Chris Goblin, a speedster. Now you add Gronk, the best tight end in the history of football. You want to say this team can win the Super Bowl. That's why the numbers jumped up. But when you look at uh, what the, the Bucks did last year, they were seven and nine. They lost five of those nine games by six points or less. And Jameis threw 30 interceptions. So at this point, you're saying, okay, Tom is not going to throw double-digit interceptions. He's going to throw a bunch of touchdowns. Maybe if they win or or lose only three or or, or two of those uh, five games that they lost by six points or less, now they bump that record up to 10, 11 wins. That means this team has a good fighting chance to get a, a good spot in the playoffs and a chance in the Super Bowl. That's what the people are believing. And I think they the belief in Tom Brady certainly stands for his time in uh, uh, New England. But when you talk about the GOAT, the greatest of all time, people are going to believe in him. Now with all these weapons, I think it's logical that people think that the Bucks have a chance of making it to the Super Bowl. I, I totally agree. Brian, I went with uh, the Top Gun 2 trailer, Maverick. I don't need to see too much to realize that movie is going to be very, very successful. And Nick, to your point, one of the things that the Bucks talked about, now they've got two Super Bowl champion uh, pedigree people on the offense. I think it's fantastic. I don't think it's unreasonable to think like, oh, this is what we need to get us over the hump. All right. 
Moving on to Bucks fans who are ecstatic this morning. Patriots fans might feel differently about losing the GOAT and then watching Gronk come out of retirement just to go play with the GOAT. Nick, Gronk's maneuvering to pair with Brady in Tampa should have Patriots fans feeling blank. Confused. Just further confusion in their life. In the spirit of Wilds bringing up a movie, I'm going to bring up an older movie. Do you guys remember the great movie Castaway? Of course, Tom Cruise, he's lost on an island. He then fights his way back. When he comes back, the woman he was going to marry, Helen Hunt, she has remarried. She thought he was dead. In fact, I think she's married oh, with yeah. kids. Yeah, what happens at the end of that movie? Spoiler alert. There's pouring rain and they're making out in the driveway because poor Helen Hunt was confused. Who do I love? Who do I go with? I have my husband with my kids. I have Tom who was dead on an island, but now he's back. That's Kevin Wilds right now. Who do I love? I have the team I grew up with, the team I always rooted for. But now there's this hot young team in Tampa with my favorite player ever. Now they're bringing more of my favorite players ever. Who do I actually like? Who do I love? Where is my heart? You don't know. It's pouring on your head, Wilds, and you're making out with Tom with Tom Hanks in the driveway is what I'm saying. So, yeah, confused, Brian Westbrook, is my answer. I'm confused right now, but here's the truth. I think that the Patriots fans <laughs> should feel indifferent. And it, the truth is, they should be really yeah. unconcerned because if you're a Patriot fan, and especially after Tom left, you have to have all of your faith in Bill Belichick. You have to have the, all the faith saying that, you know what, Bill will figure it out. No matter what happens with Tom, no matter what happens with Gronk, Bill will figure it out. It doesn't matter about the quarterback. We'll go out and have the best defense in the league, and we won't have to score 17 points a game. We'll only have to score 14 points a game, and whatever quarterback is under center, whatever tight end lines up on the end of line of scrimmage, that guy's going to get it done because my belief is in the Patriot way and Bill Belichick. So for me, if I'm a Patriot fan, it's indifferent. I don't care who it goes to a different team. I only care about the guys that Bill Belichick has a chance to coach because I know that coach can make some guys successful that we didn't think would work in the NFL. So, Jenna, um, when my five-year-old, now six-year-old son gets mad at my wife and I, he looks us, he looks at us and says, you can't come to my birthday party. And I look at him and we both look at each other and say, hey, I know that you think that's going to upset me, but it actually just makes me love you more. So that's the way I feel about Gronk. This is not upsetting. I'm happy that Gronk is back. I'm happy that he's reunited with Brady. I have zero ill will. I'm really just happy to see them back. The world is better when Gronk is in the NFL world. It's just everything is coming up roses for me. Spoken like a true Bucks like fan. It. And I like your <laughs> and I like your five slash six year old. On to the San Francisco 49ers now. Jimmy G might be their guy, but Tom Brady almost snuck his way into the Bay Area with GM John Lynch saying, quote, when you're talking about one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, of course, you're going to have some internal discussion. So, Nick, Lynch admitting that the Niners had conversations about signing Brady are blank. Stupefying. I cannot believe John Lynch did this. Now, I can believe they had the discussions because they know what I know about Jimmy Garoppolo. He ain't great. But to admit it publicly, and the quote goes on to say, but after a day or two, we decided we love what we have with Jimmy G. Are you kidding me? He's 15 years <laughs> younger than Brady. Brady's coming off the worst year of his career. Jimmy G, in theory, took your team to the Super Bowl, and you're like, yeah, I mean, of course we talked about it. 
And it took us a day or two to decide we want to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know who had zero days, in fact, zero seconds of discussions about acquiring Brady? The Chiefs, the Packers, the Seahawks, the Tech. Well, the Texans might have because they're run by a doofus. But teams who love their quarterback had no discussions whatsoever about bringing in Tom Brady. If I'm good-looking Jimmy G, I am in my feelings this morning. And, Brian, I cannot believe... John Lynch admitted this. Did you say the Chiefs, the Packers, and the Seahawks? All of those teams are teams that have won Super Bowls with their current quarterback. The San Francisco 49ers have not won a Super Bowl with their current quarterback. So, to me, this is business as usual. John Lynch is supposed to shake every tree. He's supposed to find every opportunity that he can to make his team better. He's at least supposed to explore that opportunity. And I think for them and John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, they explored it for a day or two. And then they say, you know what? We're building a team. We're trying to make a team better. And we don't need an older quarterback to come in here and disrupt things, even if it's slightly. And so to me, this is business as usual. This is what good GMs do. They say in the offseason, you go in there and say, how can we make our team better? Will this guy make our team better? Will that guy make our team better? Oh, you know what? This guy doesn't fit with our team or that guy doesn't fit with our team. To me, this is exactly what good GMs are supposed to do. I thought this was super interesting. I went with Paul Pierce. Hey, truth hurts. John Lynch told the truth. You think Jimmy G's not going to find out they were kicking the tires on Tom Brady? I thought it was fascinating, though, because John Lynch is the former player. And it's interesting that he's like, I'm just going to say the truth. We were we were looking at Tom Brady and he didn't try to sugarcoat it. And I wonder, it always feels like there's a camaraderie between players of like, maybe you're trying to boost up Jimmy G's ego and that didn't happen. Straight up told him the truth. And I think it's the right thing to do. I love that he said it. Gave us an extra story this morning because now we know how he felt. Time for us to take a slight turn. Nick has spent the last two weeks, right, revealing LeBron's top 10 player performances. We finally cracked the top three today. Nick, take us through LeBron's third best playoff game of all time. Third best playoff game of all time for LeBron James is the 2016 NBA Finals. Game six against the Golden State Warriors, the 73-win Warriors. The stat line is out of this world, 41-8-11-4-3. He played essentially a perfect basketball game, scoring, passing, defending. It was, in fact, in the last 50 years, the only other person to have a 40-10 and 10 in the NBA Finals points and assists is LeBron James another time. But the reason this is number three is not because of the stat line. The reason this number three is because of the moments and the narrative. This is the single biggest basketball game that's ever been played in the state of Ohio. And LeBron not only rose to the occasion, he exceeded it. The previous game, LeBron had 41. And we were told that's because Draymond wasn't there. No way LeBron would score 41 if Draymond was there. So Draymond comes back and he scores exactly 41 again. And after the game, LeBron James says, We have the Warriors bleeped up mentally. We have them bleeped up physically. And we saw that play out in real time during the game. When shortly after this moment right here, if you can see it, this block on unanimous MVP Steph Curry, Steph gets so frustrated when he gets called for a foul, he flings his mouthpiece out of the, at the crowd, hits a guy, gets kicked out of the game, and his wife accuses the league of being rigged for ratings or money she doesn't know. The 73-win unbeatable Warriors were broken at that point in time in this basketball game. It's the finest game LeBron James 
ever played at home in Cleveland. It is the number three game of his career. First things first, now joined by Ravens Pro Bowl quarterback Robert Griffin III. Great to have you with us this morning. These are real interesting times, Robert, that we're living through. You recently accepted the all-in challenge. Tell us a little bit about what that is and what it means to you. Yeah, the all-in challenge, uh, something Gary Vee reached out to me and told me what they were doing. So uh, got together with a, a bunch of other celebrities and we're putting together experiences for people. Um, and really the goal is to have the auction raise millions of dollars to feed the needy. These are people that have you know, been in trouble since before the coronavirus hit. And now we're just trying to do all we can to try to give back during these trying times. So for me, uh, I'm offering up an opportunity for someone to be flown out to Florida uh, for three days, stay in a 10,000 plus square foot mansion. They get trained by me for three days. And not only that, take them to a Baylor game, get them the whole Baylor experience and, and all that and all the money that they, they donate for the auction goes towards feeding uh, those people who are in need right now. So it's been a lot of fun uh, just trying to do everything we possibly can to help everybody in need. It's unbelievable work you and some of your fellow luminaries are doing. And on behalf of the show, thank you. On behalf of everybody, thank you guys for what you're doing to help out when we all in a time when we all need to pull together. I... I want to talk to you about something you said yesterday, which is that you can definitely still be a starting quarterback in this league. That comment, it made me think of something Jeremy Lin said about a year ago. Jeremy Lin was doing some forum, and he said, you know, it feels like the NBA's moved on from me. Like, I'm not even considered an NBA starting point guard anymore. And I wonder if you at times share some of those feelings that for some reason when we talk about quarterback openings or potential starters that guys who you've accomplished more than or guys who you've consistently performed better than, their name gets discussed ahead of yours. Do you feel that way? And if so, why do you think that's happened? Uh, I don't feel that way, Nick. I feel like um, whatever you guys choose to talk about is what you choose to talk about. Uh, my job as a Baltimore Ravens quarterback right now is to do everything I can to be ready to play, uh, help Lamar do all the things uh, that he can and continue to learn and just use my experience to, to try to aid to that locker room. And I feel like I've done that. And when my time comes, it'll come. But uh, I don't look at the comparison to Jeremy Lin or anything that he's going through uh, has impacted me in my career at all. I don't know uh, ill will towards anybody that's talking about me, not talking about me. Uh, it doesn't matter at this point. It's just about going out and doing my job. Robert, um, you put me in a really awkward spot as a Patriots fan because at the last game of the season, NFL Films was in your locker room and you guys were handing out game balls and coach got a game ball and you got a game ball and you made a beautiful speech. And I ended the YouTube clip and I said, oh, geez, do I love the Ravens? You guys have just a great team and great enthusiasm. And I couldn't help it. I'm like, I think I'm becoming a Ravens fan. Can you talk about the chemistry of that team and what makes that team special? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, a special place, uh, no doubt. I think it starts at the top with Steve Bishotti and Eric DeCosta and Ozzy uh, and, and John. You know, Coach Harbaugh, he's, he's been amazing. So uh, it was a blessing last year for me to be able to get that start uh, against the Steelers and, and help uh, our team secure the best record in franchise history and eliminate the Steelers from the playoffs. And you can just see the camaraderie through the year from – you know, Mark Ingram, Lamar, all these guys, big trust, and the whole nation seemed like they were on our side. 
And, you know, unfortunately, we, we came up short in the, in the playoff game, but you could see that our team is rising uh, and it's been a fun process and, and something that I'll cherish for the rest of my life. Robert, I wanted to piggyback off something Nick had asked earlier. You really have embraced your backup role uh, behind Lamar on the, on the Ravens. So we wanted to throw a, a hypothetical question at you because we talked about this with Tom Brady. You know, you know, how much does success mean, you know, as opposed to how much does team success mean? Would you rather win a Super Bowl as a backup or would you rather be a starter on a team that misses the playoffs? Hmm. Uh, I think I've been presented with this question before, and, and I think uh, that there's no right answer to it. Obviously, in my current role, if we were to go on and win a Super Bowl, uh, I'd be the happiest person on the planet. Um, this is what uh, I've been called to do uh, temporarily, and, and if, if we're able to reach the, those heights, um, I think it would be a very special experience for me. Uh, but I think every quarterback in the league wants to be a starter. Um, we work to be starters. So if you ask me, hey, uh, RJ, you think you're going to be a starter again? Uh, if my answer isn't yes, then I should be playing football. So um, that's kind of the way I view that. Uh, no one wants to be on a losing team. Uh, no one wants to uh, not be playing. But uh, in my current role, my job is to help the Baltimore Ravens win. And if we're continuing to do that like we did last year, on into this season and the next, then, you know, that's that's me doing my job. Robert, tomorrow's obviously the NFL draft. Joe Burrow's going to go number one. Tua probably goes somewhere shortly thereafter. It, you are One could argue, in fact, I have argued, you had the single most successful, single most prolific rookie season any quarterback has ever had. What advice would you give either of those young men or any rookie starting quarterback in this league if they're trying to have some of the instantaneous success that you did? Uh, mostly I would tell them just continue to, to be themselves, come in, go to work. Guys appreciate it. The vets appreciate it when you come into the building and you don't talk and you kind of just try to learn the playbook, try to, you know, go with the flow and, and lead from the front. Um, I think it's, it, it was a, an experience for me going into Washington with a lot of veteran guys and, and winning their trust and allowing us to, to go to the lengths that we did in 2012. And, um, those guys just have to remember that it's still football. Uh, it's still a lot of fun and to not worry about the naysayers. Big news today, Robert. Gronk reuniting with Tom Brady. What was your reaction to the news, and how successful do you think that pairing will be? Oh, man, uh, it was crazy news, right? You know, the NFL's doing trades with the WWE now. It's, uh, it's a new world, and um, <laughs> I think, I think it's, it's really cool. It's really cool, honestly, to... To, to see the 24-7 champion from the WWE get traded, uh, come out of retirement. I can only imagine how many guys are going to try to, you know, do a couple of wrestling moves on him to get that title off of him. But, um, you know, Tom Brady's a great, great quarterback. I, I think a lot of guys would want to come out of retirement to play with him uh, on the football field. So don't blame Gronk at all. All right, here we go. We're going to take a slight turn. We're going to do some rapid-fire questions. First thing that comes to mind when I ask you this, question number one, the player you would most want a jersey swap with? Ooh, man. Probably John Elway. I know he's not playing anymore, but oh. growing up, I was a Bronco fan, and, um, you know, watching John do his thing out there and, and doing it in a, in a different way, a little unconventionally, uh, for the majority of his career was fun to watch. So I'd want to do one with John Elway. 
All right, here we go. Moving on. Favorite TV show to binge during quarantine? Man, uh, there was a lot. Love is Blind. Um, Ozark was great. You know, so uh, I'm actually looking forward to this show coming out now. It's called The Last Kingdom. I think it comes out on Sunday. So it's going to be fun. But uh, the one that takes the cake right now is probably The Last Dance. You know, watching MJ go through everything that they did in that last year. As a fan, I was, I believe, seven or eight years old at that time. So I didn't really know a lot of those things. I didn't know what they were going through, but to, to watch it on TV and see how it all unfolded and see that they still won a title um, is very interesting. I look forward to the rest of those episodes. Love that. All right, last question real quick. If NFL players did have a walk-up song, what would your walk-up song be? My walk-up song? Man. I don't know. This, this is the last what question, so I have, to take, I have to take this opportunity to, to talk to my man, Nick. Um... You know, when I got signed in 2018, oh. Nick said that I was, I wasn't a, it wasn't a smart decision for the Ravens to sign me. And um, so I wonder, like, over the past couple of years, has any of those feelings that you had towards me in 2018, even back to 2016, changed? Um, so you, because you're saying a lot of pleasantries to oh, me. Oh, I now, love this. I just wondered that. No, 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 no. This is, this is totally fair. And it's, and I, and I'm glad you said this. You're absolutely right. I was, highly concerned about your ability to stay healthy and i was highly concerned about whether or not you would a player that had accomplished what you did uh, accept a backup role and you proved me a thousand percent wrong now i wasn't on tv in any national capacity when you were having your high successes so you couldn't hear me speak your praises then but i think it's totally fair and i, I don't think anyone ever doubted your football character but i do think people doubted whether or not what you would be as a backup. But let me just follow up with it real quick. Robert, for you, on that note, did you, did you, did the doubt ever creep into your mind? Some of the doubt that I was expressing that, man, I, I tough luck, I just keep, I'm run to the sideline, I get hurt. Like some of the bad luck things, did that doubt ever creep into your mind? Uh, I wouldn't say the doubt crept in my mind, but um, it's just the, the notion of fighting that tag of being injury prone and and what I've, what I've said in the past is that I'm not injury prone. I've, I've been injured less than a lot of quarterbacks have in their, in their NFL careers, even in less amount of time. And I just needed that opportunity. So I'm blessed that the Ravens gave me an opportunity. And in 2017, when I was out of football, yeah, the, the doubt of will I get another opportunity crept in. Um, but it's one of those things of this is the advice I would give the rookies that are coming in this year. Don't really you know, worry about when people are talking about you or what they're saying. Um, just go out and do do your job to the best of your ability. It was just some some of those things that were being repeated by you, Nick, were things that were keeping me out of football in 2017. And um, you know, I looked forward I looked forward to proving everybody wrong and showing them that look, I'm not I'm not a bad guy. I'm, I'm, I've never been a bad guy. And uh, the Ravens saw that. And I think the camaraderie that that we've had over the the past couple seasons uh, and the way that I was able to help lead us to that victory against the Steelers showed that showed how the team rallied around. Uh, everybody on that team, and, and I've been a, a uniting force as opposed to a, devi- a divisive one. It's totally fair, by the way. Right, and I, well, I just I just say this before we go. This just real quick. Listen, I give opinions for a living. Sometimes guys get to go out and prove me wrong, and I I'm, ha- I'm I hope you believe this. I'm legitimately happy for you, Robert. And it was never intended to be personal. If you felt the comments were keeping you out of football, 
that's a separate discussion. But I'm happy for your success, and I do think you deserve another shot as a starting quarterback, and I wish you luck, man. I appreciate that, Nick, and, and understand it's no hard feelings. I just, uh, it's one thing for people to talk about you, but it's another thing for the facts to be all wrong. So, um, nothing personal. I appreciate you. I appreciate your opinions. I think you have a, a great intellect, and don't let them give you a hard time for all your LeBron praise. <laughs> That's where we have to draw the line, Robert. That's we'll where we that. draw the line. We can still do that. Hey, uh, love what you're doing with the All In Challenge. Thank you so much for being with us. Best of luck this season with the Ravens. We got to take a break. Joined by former All-American Ohio State quarterback Jeff Okuda. Jeff, I have to believe you've had tomorrow night circled on your calendar draft night for a very long time. Before we get into where your head is at and whether or not you're nervous heading into that, I just want to say you are here on behalf of Old Spice. You smell amazing, by the way. Uh, take us through your partnership <laughs> with Old Spice. Yeah, so obviously we can't physically be at the draft this year. So Old Spice the NFL teamed up to give us a a virtual red carpet experience and um, I mean, everyone can check out what we have in store at, at the hashtag uh, NFL draft red carpet Jeff I, I don't know if you're aware of this but it's been over 20 years since a corner was taken in the top three now obviously you don't know where you're being taken tomorrow night but number three to Detroit is a place a lot of people have speculated that you'd be taken. What I wonder is whether you go three, four, five, wherever it is, how much of your pedigree, being a number one recruit out of high school, being a starter as a true freshman, being a super high achiever at every level, do you think has prepared you for what the expectations will be of being a top five NFL draft pick? I think that um, you know, all the pressure that comes along with it, uh, I've kind of been prepared for the whole life was like you said, with all the being number one recruit, uh, cornerback, um, being a cornerback of Ohio State. So I mean, I'm ready for the next challenge. Jeff, you were talking about, um, I think the quote is, when athleticism fades away, technique will always be there. I think it was an interview with Peter Schrager that you did. What about the technical parts about the game do you really enjoy, and what are you looking forward to bringing to the next level? So for me, I, I love I love watching receivers, love watching offenses, and I also love watching myself. So I like to really be really critical of my technique, uh, look at little things I can do to get better, and also look at ways I could add other other cornerbacks uh, uh, great parts of the game to my game. All right, Jeff, let's look way forward for just a second. When the 2020 season is over, why will you beat out your former Ohio State teammate, Chase Young, for Defensive Rookie of the Year? Uh, so, I mean, I think it's a passing league, so I have a really good chance to go against some great receivers and uh, show where I stand to the whole league, rest of the league. Let's talk about Chase for a minute, Jeff, because there's, again, we don't know how the draft's going to go, but it could be Buckeye, Buckeye, two, three. Chase going two and you going three, maybe flip-flopped. We'll see what happens with the quarterbacks. I imagine you actually didn't have a great view of, of a lot of Chase Young highlights. You're turning your back, you're covering a guy downfield, and all of a sudden he stops running. You're like, oh, because Chase has a strip sack. When you're in the film room, when you're in meetings, when you're in practice, what jumped off the page to you most? What impressed you the most 
about Chase? I think his first step was just crazy. Um, he's able to get into the backfield so fast, and he finishes on the quarterback. So when I'm covering, I got to take it to know what kind of throws I could be getting because he has that crazy ability to do it. Jeff, I think you said you look up to Patrick Peterson and Stephen Gilmore. When you watch tape, is there a specific technique that you incorporate to your game, and how long does it take you to incorporate that technique? Like, have you watched tape and say, oh, I'm going to go practice that right now, or on the next game, I'm going to do that? Do you have a specific story where watching tape has immediately yielded results? Oh, definitely. So just just watching uh, Gilmore, watching his press man technique, uh, I think I, I want to add a little bit of that to my game, just the patience of the line of scrimmage. So just working with uh, one of the corners at Ohio State, Damon Arnett, we used to just drill that every single day. And then we got to spring practice, and the game had just slowed down for us so much. Jeff, there are quite a few quarterbacks coming out this year. Joe Burrow, Tua, Tungavailoa, and Justin Herbert projected to be the top three. Which quarterback in your draft class do you think has the highest ceiling? So, I mean, me and Tua were at the opening together um, my senior year of high school. And he just tore that thing up, and everyone was talking about him. So, off of just seeing it live in person, I got to go with Tua. Jeff, we were talking briefly before we went on the air about your level of nerves leading into tomorrow, which might be the biggest day of your life up to this point. You know you're getting drafted, but you don't know where you're going to have to move to, who's going to draft you, someone's going to trade up. Who right now in your circle is the most nervous? Is it you? Is it is it a fr- friend, a family member? Who do you think is the most nervous right now for Jeff Akuda? Well, I think my aunt, she's pretty nervous just because it's like she's really protective over me and she doesn't know where I'm going to end up. So, I mean, she's just, she's just really been asking a lot of questions, uh, really excited, and uh, I guess we'll find out where I'm going tomorrow. Jeff, you had one of your combine interviews go viral when the reporter asked you about your uh, non-existent tendencies to be sloppy, which you are not. I think it went viral because it showed your poise and confidence in a potentially awkward situation. How does that poise and confidence that you have translate to the football field? Just the way I carry myself on the field, uh, try to keep it cool, uh, always have like a mild temperament. So I think that in a way, it kind of frustrates the receivers because when they're talking, I'm just kind of chilling out there. And uh, I might say something every now and then, but you know, I just play the mental game for real. So, Jeff, you posted a picture of you and LeBron James recently. I, I have to ask what that conversation was like. Did he give you advice? Did he share any stories with you? What did you guys talk about? Yeah, so he just told me um, coming to the next level, just always be level-headed. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. And the uh, most important part is just remember who you are at all times. You know, I never let that um, get out of your head. Jeff, you, you seem like a very level-headed guy. Uh, I, know, I know a bit about your story, about your upbringing. It's somewhat of an inspirational one. A lot of guys in your position, when this moment comes, the first thing they think of is, wanting to give back to some of those people that helped them get here. 
you're obviously going to come into an enormous amount of money in about 24, 36 hours. Have you thought about one thing, not for yourself, but for someone else that you're excited to be able to do with that money? Uh, yeah, so my sister, I've just been trying to see how, how can I uh, further along her education. So uh, whether that's going to master's school, whether that's pursuing another, another bachelor's degree, uh, I've just been kind of in constant communication with her about that. All right, Jeff, in 36 hours, as Nick mentioned, your life will change drastically. I know you're a little nervous. Take the words of LeBron James. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Enjoy the process, even though this year under quarantine, it'll be different than in years past. Thank you so much for being with us, for joining us, and hopefully you'll come back and join us again uh, at the next chapter of your life. Really appreciate your time today, Jeff. Good luck. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, we got to go. That's it for us. We are back here tomorrow morning. Stay safe. Stay healthy. See you tomorrow, everybody.